praise the Lord. I felt the presence of Jesus here already as we worship together. Well, before we can go any further, we're going to have to repent of two sins in the house. Number one uh, sin, when Brother Hunt introduced me, he embellished that a little bit. So we're going to ask God to forgive him. And then secondly, we're going to ask the Lord to forgive me for enjoying it so very much. It's very good. All right. You read my writing very well on that introduction, I appreciate that. You'll turn to 1 Corinthians, please. So good to be with you. And uh, my, I'm going to tell you, I know you know how blessed you are with this fine music that you have. I know that you realize what a blessing you have. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I don't know if that's in my Bible or not. There it is. We're getting down. 3, 2, 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Do you mind standing in honor of the Word of God tonight? All right. It's verse 17. The Apostle Paul speaking says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you already for the service we've had. How every song had a message about the text tonight. So clearly you're leading us to hear something. Help us, Lord to receive your word, anoint us with the Holy Ghost that we might preach. And may we hide your word of God in our heart that we would not sin against you, but help us respond. And it makes us shudder to think that we might make the cross of Christ none effect tonight. We would not want to do that. May it become effective in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name and all the people say it. Thank you and be seated. Now firstly... I want you to see verse 17 tells us the real measure of salvation is not baptism. Do you think that if you would go to hell because you didn't get baptized, do you think that the Apostle Paul would have said, Christ didn't send me to baptize, and in other places he said the same thing. Baptism is not the essential part of salvation. For Paul says, Christ didn't send me to baptize you. And when Brother Hunt asked me to come down here to preach tonight, he didn't ask me to come baptize any of y'all. Uh, you, you don't need me to do that. But everybody that comes to the Woodland Hills Baptist Church, I hope and pray, will preach the gospel. Amen? And that's why we're here. And secondly, not only does he tell us that the real measure of salvation is not baptism, he tells us that real salvation comes through the preaching of the gospel of the cross of the Lord Jesus. And then thirdly, he tells us the most disturbing fact is that we can make the cross of Christ none effect. We can make the cross of Christ none effect in our personal lives. But not only that, we can make the cross of Christ of none effect in other people's lives. That statement, making the cross of none effect, if you're truly born again tonight, that ought to put a shudder in you, a chill up your spine to think 
that our Savior who bled and died and suffered for us in our place, who knew no sin but became sin for us, to think that I could make that great work on Calvary of none effect should make a shadow grow in my soul. I don't want to do that. Do you? I want the cross of Christ to have full effect in our midst tonight. God help us seek some wisdom in that matter. We're going to look at three things tonight. That was the, intro, that was the introduction, three points. And uh, I have three points, but I still have enough hair to cover it, thank God. But uh, that was totally not of the Spirit of Christ. Now we're going to look at the first thing. We're going to look at the present power of the cross. All these start with a P, so those of you on the front, I hope you have your spit guards on. The first thing we're going to look at is the present power of the cross. The second thing we're going to look at is the preeminence of the cross. And then thirdly, the plurality of the cross. Number one, the present power of the cross. The cross is an ever-present confronting standard of truth. Verse 18 tells us that there is no straddling the cross of Christ. You're here tonight, and I want to tell you, you are either foolishly lost, or you are powerfully saved. There's no straddling that cross. I don't care who you are, what status you're in, how old you are, your background, or where you are tonight, you are either foolishly lost, or you are powerfully saved. There's no in-between. If you leave this place tonight lost in your sin and take your chances on that highway, you are foolish to leave this place lost. But if you're really saved, you didn't get saved because you did some mediocre thing or that Christ did some mediocre thing. You're saved by the power of the blood of the Lamb tonight. It's a powerful thing that happened in your life. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. But not only does the cross confront lost people who are foolishly lost, the preaching of the cross confronts the Christian. Are you daily right with God? by taking up the power of the cross that He may change you. It's a wonderful thing to know that there is still power in the cross of Christ tonight. I've been saved, but I want you to know that every day I'm being saved. And one day I'm shown up, going to be saved, glorified in His presence. I've been justified. I am sanctified. And I shall be glorified because of the power of the cross. But if I, as a Christian, all I can talk about is May 10th of 1968 when the power of the cross availed for me, if that's the only testimony I have, I'm a poor excuse for a Christian. I want you to know the power of the cross availed for me today. I die daily. As I come to the cross, the power of that cross is just as real tonight as it was the day that I was saved. It is still in effect. Christians, you need to live a powerful life as you go through the cross of Christ. There's still power in the cross because there's still power in the blood. 
The cross of Christ is different than every other cross because of his blood that was shed on Mount Calvary. I'm so glad today that when I fall, and yes, I do fall quite often, I fail, or I flee, or I fight, or I faint, and I feel unworthy. You ever feel like that? But I thank God for the power of the cross. I can go back to it and allow it to do its work in my life. And it's no longer I that liveth, but He that liveth in me. I don't preach because I'm perfect. I preach because of the power of the cross in my life. But I want you to know, friends, it's good news for us as a powerfully saved. We all say amen to the power of the cross. But I want you to know to most of this world, the real preaching of the cross is very offensive to them. They do not want to hear that message because the preaching of the cross points the world to the great truth, the Lamb of God, the only begotten Son of God. It offends them that we say there's only one way home, the way of the cross leads home. We're fanatics. We're bigots. We think we have the only access to heaven. No one wants to hear that outdated, bloody message. The cross is very confronted. But you know what the real issue is. The cross lets every human know that you are a sinner undone. Hopeless, helpless, without any power to overcome. And people are offended by the real preaching of the cross. So I guess I'll just keep preaching it. Let's make the message clear and plain. Everybody needs to embrace the power of the cross. There is a present power of the cross. And even the saved need to embrace that power afresh and anew. I don't need to be just say, well, I got saved back night. There's nothing wrong with the testimony, by the way, of telling folks when you got saved and how you got saved. It's a wonderful testimony. But we also need to couple that with a testimony that yesterday and today the power of the cross has set me free and made me whole again. That I stand righteous because of the blood of the Lord Jesus. So there's a present power in the cross. But not only is there a present power in the cross, there's the preeminence of the cross. Firstly, we see that there's a preeminence of the covenant of the cross. You see, a new and better covenant has been given to us because of the cross of Christ. The old covenant was to Israel only. But the new covenant of the cross takes preeminence over the old covenant because it's not just given to one race. The power of the cross is given to whosoever will may come. Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant. Matthew 26, 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to them saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is the blood 
of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remissions of sin. Hebrews 8, 8. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. No longer would the Jews alone be allowed by themselves only to have a monopoly on teaching the Word of God. Now all of us have this privilege. Now do you understand, dear friends, that it's not a burden to share the cross? It's a privilege. I said it's not a burden to share the cross. It's a privilege. John 1, 11. He came into his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him to him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, that's a Jew, nor the will of the flesh, that's their works, nor the will of man, that's religion, but of God. The cross takes preeminence in all things because all things must come to the cross and through the cross someday. You cannot straddle the cross of Christ. There was only one found worthy to be in the middle. Revelation 5.12, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. There's only one unique Son of God that was worthy to pay the ransom for all humanity. Praise His holy name. He knew no sin, but in the garden He took our sin. He looked into that bitter cup. And I want to tell you, friends, just the sin that Mark Umble has done, I wouldn't drink that for anything. I would not turn that cup up. But I want you to know, not my, just my sin is in that cup. It, every sin any of you have ever committed was in that cup. And all the sin that will ever be committed was in that cup. But not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world, from starting from Adam all over to the last soul that God will permit to be alive in the land of the living. It was all in that cup. And he drank it and he took our sin. No wonder he prayed three times, Father, if there's any other way. But he drank it. But I want you to know he did not become sin in the garden. He became sin on the cross where his blood would be shed and cover all that sin. I cannot explain to you the horror of the cross. I mean, we can preach until we give out preaching. And we'll never be able to preach enough about the suffering that our Savior endured for us. But as He was on the cross, the time came for Him to become sin. So hideous was the visage of our Lord. We made him mutate into our sin, become sin for us. He who knew no sin. It was so horrific that God turned his face and cut the lights out and the whole universe went black. For our precious Savior was formed into this terrible creature. But thank God he shed his blood 
that ever who has ever been born or ever would be born can say, I know his blood avails for me, for my sin was nailed to his cross. Whosoever will may come. Now, a lot of folks don't believe everybody's sin was on him. And that's, bless their ignorant hearts, they can just go on and be ignorant still. The cross takes preeminence in all things because all things were judged on the cross. You can't straddle the cross. You're either foolishly lost or powerfully saved. Only Jesus was worthy to do that. So not only do we see the present power of the cross, not only do we see the preeminence of the cross, now let's look at the plurality of the cross. First, on the first realm of thinking, you can see the plurality of the cross, for there were three of them. Luke 23, 33. And when they were come to the place, which is called Mount Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Now, though there's absolutely no power in the cross of his right hand or the cross to his left hand. There's no power in those crosses, but there are certainly lessons that we can learn from them. The one at Jesus' left hand came to the cross. You couldn't get much closer to the cross than he was. But I'm telling you spiritually, he did not go through the cross. The one on his right hand came to the cross, but he also went through the cross. And why do I say he was at his right hand? I know you Bible scholars already said it didn't say which one got saved. Well, all the way through the prophecies, Psalm 1611 is one. It says, thy right hand, there's pleasures evermore. I'm telling you, when he went to paradise, he found pleasures evermore at the right hand. At the right hand of the Lord are blessing. At the right hand of the Lord is salvation, the Bible says. I want you to know that thief, I believe, was on his right hand and fulfilled some scriptures there. You see, one of those malefactors was foolishly lost. But the other one, he was powerfully saved. You've heard Luke 23, 39 many times, but tell me the old, old story. One of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, Save thyself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly. For we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man, this Christ, this Jesus, hath done nothing amiss. Somebody say amen. Christ has done nothing amiss. We do. Sometimes we pray amiss. We mess up. But I want to tell you, Jesus never did anything amiss. He was always on target with the Father. Remember the four W's? It's not my words, my Father's word. It's not my will, it's my Father's will. It's not my works, it's my Father's work. It's not my way, it's my 
Father's way, the four W's. He was never a miss. He was always right on target. And when this man continued to talk, he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Saved as he went through the cross of Christ. I don't know how they pulled the nails out and baptized him and all that. But I want you to know he woke up in the presence of God that day because the thief on his left was foolishly. You know, he had something, folks, you and I hadn't had. He was sitting there, hanging there on that cross, and he looked, he looked to Christ, and he saw the Son of God right there. He saw his suffering. He saw his languid eyes as they rested on him. He could, you could not help but look upon the suffering soul as the centurion said, surely this must be the Son of God. That, 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 that foolish one saw something you and I have never seen. We used to sing an old song, Oh, I want to see Him. I want to see Him. I want to look upon the face of the one that suffered and bled and died for me. I can't wait to see Him, and I shall see Him eye to eye. It's going to be good. Because, you know, a lot of people have these stories about a long, drawn-out judgment. I don't see the Christian having a long, drawn-out judgment. His eyes are afire. The moment I lay eyes on him, everything that doesn't matter is going to be erased, and everything that does matter is going to be eternal. I believe that's my judgment. I'm not going to split hairs over that or start a new denomination. So if you disagree with that, see Brother Hunt, he'll line you out over that. I didn't come here to get lined out. I didn't go home and do that. thief at his right hand was saved because not only did he come to the cross he went through it see the cross of Christ is stained with blood so divine I love Romans 325 because it states our faith a little different than other places it says through faith in his blood. I have faith in the blood of Christ tonight. I believe there's power in the blood. I believe it avails for me. I believe that if I confess my sin, that he's just and willing to forgive me all my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness because of the power of his blood. You see, the cross of Christ is a filter. It is a blood filter with blood so divine. See old things come to the cross and when you go through the blood, see those things come out new. Romans 6, 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. But the plurality of the cross is not about Jesus in the middle and a cross on each side. The plurality of the cross has to do with the work that was done 
on the cross. First, let me say anything that doesn't go through the cross is sin. Now, if you're really saved, here's a test you really saved or not. One of the tests. You can take the litmus test of whether you're saved. You're, as a Christian, if you've been born again, you're powerfully saved. When you go to the cross of Christ, and we can do that when we're saved, we have the ability to go to the cross. Aren't you glad of that? That you can visit the cross afresh and anew in your life. And if you're truly saved tonight and you look up at that, that suffering Son of God who gave His all for you, you're not going to look in the face of your Redeemer and sin. You know what you're going to do? Let's say there's something you know you ain't supposed to do that. You're going to take that sin as a Christian and you're going to go around that cross. You're going to turn your back on it and you're going to smuggle that thing around because it's sin and you being saved know that if you, when you're going to gossip about your best friend, you're going to go around the cross. When you're going to do a deed you ought not to do, you're going to smuggle that thing around the cross. You're not going to look at the Savior that bled and died for you because when you look at Him, you're going to lay it down and go through the cross. That's what you're going to do. So anything that's smuggled around the cross is sin. That's just the facts. You may avoid the confrontation of the cross here on earth from time to time as a Christian. But one day, everything's going through the judgment of the cross. I'm so glad that as a Christian, the great white throne judgment for me was on the cross. I, but folks that are lost and foolishly reject Christ, they're going to have to face that cross one day. It's not going to be good for them. Some people show great emotion at the cross. I do. I still, the think of the cross still moves me tonight. But some people are not emotionally charged about the cross because they've been born again, but they become emotional with the uh, drama of the cross. It's nothing new, by the way. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They'll come down the aisle and squall buckets of tears, get up and go live in sin like nothing happened that very night. Luke 23, 27. And there followed him a great company of people and of women which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus turning unto them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. Here came these ladies, young women. I don't know if they were ladies, but they were female lady, women, girl things. And they were following along beside the Redeemer, the Christ. And they began to bewail. And they began to lament. Now he's going to die to lay his life down for us. And here they come screaming like a good horror movie. Oh, they're going to nail you. Oh, they're going, oh, it's going to be terrible. Oh, man, you just, they're going to break your legs. They're going to do this. They're going to, they're going to put this. Oh, it's terrible. You know, and he turned to them and said, look, I know where I'm going. And I know what I'm going to do. Don't weep for me. Y'all need to go home and weep for yourself. Because you're charged emotionally over my crucifixion. But you have no intention of going through the cross. You just want to come see the movie. You just want to go to my cross and get emotionally charged. But you won't go through it. 
That's what he told them. Go home. Weep for yourself. I want to tell you, there are people that come to the cross all the time. And they leave having not experienced the power of the cross. They become emotional and they leave foolishly lost. There are Christians that come to the cross in every church service and enjoy it emotionally, but not allow the power of the cross to change them in their daily life. Well, what happens concerning the plural work on the cross? Three major things happen when someone goes through the blood filter of the cross of Christ. One thing, number one, some things are abolished as they go through the blood. Thank God for that. Some things are allowed to pass right through. And thirdly, some things are made new and better. Christ did not come to destroy the law, but that Mosaic covenant went through the cross, and the Mosaic covenant was made better. It went through and it was enhanced and made better. That's the third thing the cross does. Well, what about the presence of God passing through the blood? There was once a great veil that was set where we could not be in the very presence of God. I want you to know that veil has been abolished. We now can come boldly into the presence of Almighty God. Now you're going to love this one. It's one of your favorites. What about tithes and offerings? <coughs> the book of Malachi <laughs> speaks about that. I want you to know that tithes and offerings went right on through the blood unchanged. The tithe is for the house. We pay staff, we pay electricity bills, we pay building notes, we pay the pastor, not enough, but we pay. We pay the staff. We, it's for the house, that there'd be meat in his house. The offering is for ministry, missions, different causes for Christ, and alms is for the poor. Now, I'm just going to tell you, and I know it's not that way here, but at my church, I had several people that said that we, we need to give these poor people more money. Now, they were giving more money to some of the people knocking at the front door than they were paying me. I mean, we've got to pay this man's house note. He's three notes behind. We've got to do it today. Well, who is this guy? I don't even know him. Where is he from? He, I said, and you know, they, the people that were pushing me to spend large amounts of money on everybody that came by, I said, you know, I think we can fix this problem. Let's, let's let it go through the cross. Amen? We're going to have tithes for the house. We're going to have offerings for missions and ministry, and we're going to have an alms box for the poor. Honey, I want to tell you, i got to rattle that thing to get $20 a week in it. They're so concerned over poor folks, then how come there ain't no money in the alms box? Should we give to the poor? You better believe we ought to give to the poor. Should we feed the hungry? Of course we ought to feed the hungry. Should we give drink to the thirsty? Of course we should. Should we put alms in the box? If you want to really mean it, that's what you need to do. Bless God, that, that budget thing, that tithe, that's where my salary comes out of. And I'm going to tell you, I'm, I mean, I'm a giver and all that, but bless the Lord, give some alms if you want to help folks. Have I meddled too much? Just go through the cross with it, and you won't have a problem either. Well, well the tithes and offerings and alms went right on through the cross unchanged. And if you want to get really literal about it, just give it all to him. No, I think I'd tithe. 
What about the sacrifice for sin as it went through the cross? Bulls, goats, lambs, and doves. That method was abolished. There is only one offering now for sin. Hebrews 10 tells us the precious blood of the Lamb of God is that one and only sacrifice now for sin. What about priesthood? When the priesthood, when the priesthood ministry went through the cross of Christ, before the cross you had to be a Levite only. Only the Levites could serve. But when the priesthood went through the cross, boy, it was changed and made better. Now all may be priests unto God. What about the temple? Well, you had tents, tabernacles, temples in the Old Covenant. You had God in four walls. But when the doctrine of the temple went through the cross, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. We could go on and on. Let me, let me touch one because we're living in times that Baptists are so confused over praise and worship and worship and praise. What about worship and praise? Well, David's tabernacle went right on through the cross unchanged. Acts 15, 15. And to this agree the words of the prophets. That is, it's written, after this I will return. I will build again the tabernacle of David, not the tabernacle of Moses. The tabernacle of David, which is fallen down. I will build again the ruins thereof, and I'll set it up that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. That's New Testament tabernacle of David. Well, I just don't like all those instruments. I just don't like all that clapping and stuff. People getting all emotional. The, ta the tabernacle of David went right on through the cross and was reinstituted in the New Testament. Have you ever read the book of Psalms? Now, the tabernacle of David was not the tabernacle of Moses. And when the king of Israel stood and said, clap your hands, all you people, and you looked over there and saw those warriors with their swords. It went right on through. Don't let anybody judge you in your worship and praise. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Amen? Well, let's stop there. Wait, well, there's one more. You know, under the old, before the cross, there was one chosen race. But I want you to know that's been abolished. At Pentecost, we were made one from people of every known nation on earth. God, make us one. Somebody say amen. Make us one in Christ. Simply put, what was abolished? The things that were against us were abolished. If you're here tonight without Christ, every sin you've ever committed is against you. It's against you. But when it goes through the cross, it's abolished. Not only the sins of yesterday, but of today and of tomorrow. Those things that were against us were abolished. Colossians 2.13, And you being dead in your sins, the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, 
having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. If you really came through the cross, it says in 2 Corinthians, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If you were to go through the cross tonight, what would happen to you? What would happen to your daily activities if you went through the cross in the morning? What would happen to your attitude if you went through the cross tonight? What would happen to your style of living if you went through the cross? Well, I'm going to tell you what would happen. Some things would be abolished, amen? They'd just be abolished. Some things would remain unchanged. Do you know that God doesn't want to ruin every good thing you have? Some of you have some hobbies. You know, cooking is a wonderful hobby. Eating is even a better one. God doesn't want to make you a lousy. He's going to allow some of your talents to go on through that cross and thank God remain the same. But I want to tell you, most everything would be made better if you went through the cross. So people are so afraid they're going to... They, well, if I go to Jesus, I'm going to lose something. I'm going to... Listen, if he abolishes it, it ain't good for you. It's going to ruin you. It's going to hurt you. If he takes something away from you, it's for your own good. Can y'all testify that? It's for your own good. But most things would just be made better. We're coming to a close, Brother Aaron, so you can, you can get ready if you want to. I want you to bow your head with me. No one else looking around. I want you to inventory your life. Did you really go through the cross? Or did you just go to it? I'm so glad you have a Bible-believing pastor here. If you come to him during the invitation and say, I'm not sure I'm saved, we're going, he's going to nail it down before you get out of that invitation. He's going to help you nail that thing down. But let me tell you, either foolishly lost or you're powerfully saved. And if you're in the house tonight and you'd say, you know, I went to the cross, but I don't think there was a wonderful change in my life. I think I just went to it in a time of emotion and then walked away from it. Lord, Lord, if you leave here tonight not knowing for sure how foolish a thing that is. But I want you tonight to gather at the cross with me. Those of you that know that you're powerfully saved, and I want you to picture that cruel cross. I want you to look up into the face of your Redeemer. Reflect what an awesome price He paid for you. All He asks you to do is to go through it. Allow His blood to avail with you afresh and new. And as a Christian tonight, once again, you can say, Lord, if there's something in my life I ought not to be doing, if there's something that's against me, your kingdom and your will. Knock it off. Abolish it by the power of your blood. 
as a Christian Lord, if there's something in my life that approves, something that you look at and say, it's a good thing, it's all right. Just let it pass on through, Lord. But Lord, I bring my life to you tonight as a Christian. And as I go through the cross, I need something richer. I don't want to just be typical and normal. I want you to enhance my life. Make my marriage better. Make my job better. Make my devotion deeper. Make my love more fervent. Make my praises higher. Make my heart more tender. May my giving increase by your grace. Make my testimony more anointed. Oh, child of God, if you'll come through the cross, you'll make it better. Isn't that what he did when he saved you? Could you testify that things sure are better after you went through his cross? Because not only did He give you life, He gave you abundant life and more abundant. If you're here tonight and you know that you're saved and you don't need to confess all the nitty-gritties of your life to people, you've got to be careful who you confess to. I'm just going to tell you because they'll share it if you're not careful. But I want to tell you, if you have something in your life and you're having trouble getting over that thing, it's your chink in your armor. It's that thing that has plagued you. You know what it is. Well, I, I want to tell you, if you'll bring that thing to the cross, He'll abolish it tonight. He'll knock it out of the way. Well, what do I do if I get up tomorrow morning and that same trouble is back on me? You go back to the cross again. See, what the devil wants you to do is just say, I give up. I can't fight this. I can't win. And nobody asked you to fight it. He fought it. Nobody asked you to take power over it. He took power over it. Let me tell you something, Christian, from experience. You keep bringing that same thing back to Him in sincerity. He'll just keep on abolishing it. And then one day, an hour that you think not, Jesus will say, I see that you're serious about this. You really do want to be free from it, don't you? Yes, Lord. I do. He'll take it away from you and abolish it good don't be afraid to go through the cross of Christ tonight if you poured your life through the cross of Christ what would happen if you're here without Christ I pray in Jesus name that you would not leave here foolishly lost Father bless this time of invitation deal with folks in the pew deal with them in their hearts Lord, I pray if there is a public need for a decision or for prayer that you would give them the boldness to move. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for me. Help us go through the cross tonight. In your holy name we pray. Amen. that rugged cross my salvation where your love poured out over me.
This altar is clear and they're ready for you to come pray. Now step out. Christian, would you lead the way? The sin of man and wrath of God has been on Jesus Silent as he stood accused, beaten, mocked, and scorned. I know this is one of those messages that uh, you probably need to chew on. I wouldn't chew on it very long. 